and welcome to another episode of the Catholic Gateway Podcast Weekly News Update. I am your host, Gabe Jones. It's been a couple weeks since I've been able to get here in the studio and record one of these episodes. Just uh, plenty of things going on in the Office of Communications to keep us busy. And uh, But here we are back at it. It's the week of May 7th, 2018. And we'll get right into bringing you an update on news and events either recently taken place or coming soon here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Archbishop Carlson welcomed native St. Louis and most Reverend George Lucas, Archbishop of Omaha, back to St. Louis as the keynote speaker for the ninth annual Legatus Gospel of Life Prayer Breakfast on Thursday, May 3rd. Archbishop Lucas completed his studies at Cardinal Glennon College and Kenrick Glennon Seminary and was ordained a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Louis in 1975. He served as an associate pastor in several parishes and as a teacher and administrator for St. Louis Preparatory Seminary prior to serving as chancellor of the Archdiocese and private secretary to Archbishop John May from 1990 to 1994, after which he became rector of Kenrick Glennon Seminary in 1995. He was appointed as Bishop of Springfield, Illinois in 1999 and 10 years later was named the 5th Archbishop of Omaha by Pope Benedict XVI. Archbishop Lucas addressed more than 650 attendees, including St. Louis area Catholics and businessmen and women, with a hopeful message on the response to the call to discipleship that supports the proclamation of the gospel of life. I'm pretty sure I'm in a room full of disciples. It's a great place to be, uh, surrounded by, by friends and, uh, and, and followers of, of Jesus. But, but what is Jesus asking of us? And what's he offering us as his disciples? Once we can kind of claim that identity and understand it uh, a little bit more deeply, then I think the, the gospel of life uh, flows from uh, who we are and, and what we're uh, really about, uh, what our relationships are uh, day by day. Previous keynote speakers at the Legatus Gospel of Life Prayer Breakfast include Cardinal Daniel DiNardo, current president of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, and Most Reverend Joseph Nauman, Archbishop of the Archdiocese of Kansas City in Kansas, and incoming chair of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops Committee of Pro-Life Activities. The Respect Life Apostolate of the Archdiocese of St. Louis recently hosted their annual 8th grade creative writing contest essay winners and recognition ceremony at the Cardinal Regali Center in Shrewsbury. 146 finalists were in attendance. The Respect Life Apostolate received more than 1,000 entries representing 61 Catholic schools, PSR programs, and homeschools. Six winners were each presented with a $2,000 scholarship. Emmeline Roseberry from St. Margaret of Scotland, Megan Meehan from St. Dominic Savio, Olivia Knob from St. Joseph in Josephville, Leah Anderson from St. Joseph Imperial, John Paul Vlahooten from Holy Trinity, and Carlotta Croak from Holy Infant all received those scholarships. There were also eight honorable mention winners, each of whom received a $500 cash award. These winners include Alexander Rodriguez from Our Lady of the Presentation, Amy Leon Stuckenholtz from Sacred Heart and Valley Park, Eric Peening from St. Monica, Matilda Colleen from St. Margaret of Scotland, Gabriel Chase Lancia from Our Lady of Providence, Hannah Lifka from St. Joseph Imperial, Hannah King from Queen of All Saints, and Hope Derry from St. Joseph in Cottleville. 
A good crowd was on hand at St. Louis University on Wednesday, April 25th, as Dr. Jonathan Reyes, Assistant General Secretary for Integral Human Development for the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, spoke on the role of the Catholic Church in eradicating racism. Dr. Reyes delivered Bishop George J. Murray's speech, the Bishop of Youngstown, Ohio. Bishop George Murray was the chairman of the newly established USCCB Ad Hoc Committee Against Racism, though he had to recently step down due to health issues, and that is why he was not able to attend the event on April 25th. The event was sponsored by the Archdiocese of St. Louis Peace and Justice Commission, St. Louis University, Fontbonne University, and many other institutions, and the event was well-received. Vocations Director Father Christopher Martin will be returning to full-time parish ministry this summer. He has spent the last seven years as Vocation Director for the Archdiocese of St. Louis and two years as Vice Rector of Cardinal Glennon College. Father Brian Fallon will be assuming the role of Vocations Director for the Archdiocese of St. Louis, and Father Jason Schumer will be assuming the role of Vice Rector for Cardinal Glennon College. Additionally, Father Don Anstetter will be assuming the role of Director of Worship. In other seminary news, seven men were ordained to the transitional diaconate on Saturday, May 5th at the Cathedral Basilica by Archbishop Robert Carlson. These men are preparing for their final year before being ordained to the priesthood. And the priesthood ordinations for the Archdiocese of St. Louis are coming up very soon at the end of May, May 26th to be exact, at the Cathedral Basilica of St. Louis. That'll be at 10 a.m. Saturday, May 26th. 2018, and there will be two men ordained to the priesthood for the Archdiocese of St. Louis. You can visit kenrick.edu slash ordinations for more information about both the transitional diaconate ordinations and the upcoming priesthood ordinations. Cardinal Ritter Senior Services, a federated agency of Catholic Charities of St. Louis, announced the appointment of Chris Beckley as Chief Executive Officer. He will assume responsibilities on May 1st, succeeding Sister Suzanne Wesley, who retired December 31, 2017. Beckley most recently served as Chief Executive Officer at St. Luke's Rehabilitation Hospital and Kindred Healthcare. He is an experienced licensed nursing home administrator, Regional Director of Operations for Hospital-Based Acute Rehabilitation, and Director of Clinical Services for a Rehabilitation Organization. A Missouri licensed physical therapist with focused experience in adult and geriatric care, Beckley earned his Bachelor of Science degree in physical therapy from Maryville University, a Master's in physical therapy from Washington University, and an MBA from Webster University. The 2018 Linton Diaconate Diaper Drive results are in, and they are phenomenal. With 52 parishes reporting, the deacons collected almost 277,000 diapers and 32,000 wipes, along with changing pads, blankets, and other donations, including cash. This total will go higher as some parishes conducted their drive more recently after Lent and after Easter. This result is a 50% increase over 2017 and added to the 310,000 diapers collected in 2016 and 2017 combined. The deacons of the Archdiocese of St. Louis are responsible for collecting almost 580,000 diapers in the three years of the diaper drive. At an average cost of 20 cents per disposable diaper, this means over $116,000 worth of diapers has been collected during this time frame. All donations are going to Our Lady's Inn, Birthright, Crisis Nurseries, Pregnancy Assistance Centers, St. Vincent de Paul Committees, and other children's charities 
and they are having a tremendous pro-life impact on our communities. The Cathedral Basilica of St. Louis has been named one of America's 20 most beautiful churches, cathedrals, and basilicas worth visiting by online travel guide TripAdvisor. The posting notes that, quote, while Europe is rightfully known for its rich history and religious sites, the United States also boasts plenty of sacred landmarks worth visiting. None may be more profound than the stunning churches dotted across the country with jaw-dropping architecture and interior designs, unquote. Given the Cathedral Basilica boasts one of the largest collections of mosaics in the Western Hemisphere, it's no surprise to see it on this list. The Catholic Education Office of the Archdiocese of St. Louis has been renamed. Sister Nathalie, Interim Superintendent, says the change represents a different way of thinking about the office's mission. Well, first of all, you cannot really educate without forming. And on top of that, in the education office, we also had religious education. And so it appears to me that everyone who does education should be forming. I don't care if you're in the religious ed bucket or if you're in the school bucket. Everyone is responsible for educating and forming them in the faith. The office is now known as the Office of Catholic Education and Formation. The Archbishop Robert J. Carlson Excellence in Communication Award will be presented to Colleen Carroll Campbell on May 14th. Colleen is an author, print and broadcast journalist, and former presidential speechwriter. She also served as executive producer and anchor of EWTN News Nightly with Colleen Carroll Campbell, a television newscast airing worldwide on EWTN, the world's largest religious media network, and as creator and host of EWTN's Faith and Culture television and radio interview show. The award is meant to recognize an individual of integrity in the communications profession, media, business, academic, or wider community, who exemplifies Catholic values and Christian ethics, who has demonstrated excellence and has made a lasting impact. Past winners include the late Martin Dugan, KMOX reporter Fred Bottomer, Mike Roberts, formerly of KSDK, author Patty Schneier, and longtime St. Louis media personality Wendy Weiss. On Saturday, May 19, 2018, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., the Roman Catholic Foundation will present a seminar titled The Conversation, A Catholic Perspective on End-of-Life Issues hosted by the parishes of the Washington Deanery at Our Lady of Lourdes Parish. Additional seminars are scheduled for the fall, beginning in October 2018. Go to the Roman Catholic Foundation's website, rcfstl.org slash seminars, for more information. The Father William Sheed players are excited to announce that they will hold auditions for their summer musical, Guys and Dolls, beginning Thursday, May 10th. Performances will be July 20th through 22nd at Incarnate Word Academy in North County. This is the Father Sheed players' 39th season of presenting Broadway plays, reviews, and musicals featuring archdiocesan clergy and laity to raise funds for the youth programs of the Catholic Youth Apostolate. The Father Sheed players are looking for all types of people, kids, teens, young adults, and other adults. All who audition are welcome to be a part of the show. Please visit archstl.org slash catholicyouth for more information. One. 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 Unos. Two. 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 Duos. Three. 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 Tres. One, two, three, four, five. Four. 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 Quattro. Five. 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 Quinque. Quintessentials. 
Quintessentials. Quintessentials. Five things you need to know. Five things you need to know. Five things you need to know. I'll give you five things you need to know. Yes, here are the five quintessential stories from the St. Louis Review, handpicked by the staff for you to share and discuss this week. You can find these stories at stlouisreview.com slash five things or in the paper dated May 7th, 2018. One. 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 Chain reaction. Jennifer Brinker explores the role of faith as the spotlight shines on efforts to clean up Manhattan Project-era radioactive waste in St. Louis. The first nuclear chain reaction was developed in the mid-20th century, but residents of North St. Louis County are still coping with the lingering remnants of Manhattan Project-era radioactive waste. This is a story you want to read, and in a few moments, Jennifer and photographer Lisa Johnston Join me to discuss. Two. 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 St. John Paul II Parish. Vibrant parish life is the goal of the merged St. George and St. Dominic Savio parishes in Afton. St. John Paul II is the new parish name. The story by Joe Kenny explains how and why it happened. Three. 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 Ordination season. Starting with transitional deacons on May 5th, Archbishop Carlson will ordain 34 men through June 2nd. That includes seven to the transitional diaconate, two to the priesthood, and 25 to the permanent diaconate, the archdiocese's largest class ever. Four. 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 Paralympic gold medalist, Father William Dotson, administrator of St. Charles Borromeo Parish, welcomed Paralympic medalist Noah Elliott to the parish school for a presentation on April 30th. Elliott won a gold and bronze medal at the 2018 Paralympic Games. Joe Kenny was there. Five. 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 Sanctuary makeover. Bishop Mark Rivetuso consecrated the main altar of St. Barnabas the Apostle Church in O'Fallon on April 29th after the interior was redecorated recently. Jennifer Brinker shares how Father Raymond Hager, pastor of St. Barnabas, worked with craftsmen and parishioners to transform the inside of the church, combining old and new elements. There's a look at what is happening around the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Remember, for these stories, events, and more, visit stlouisreview.com and archstl.org. And follow the Archdiocese of St. Louis and the St. Louis Review on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you for listening to the Catholic Gateway Podcast weekly news update for this week, May 7th, 2018. We're going to get to the interview portion of our podcast, and I'll sit down with Jennifer Brinker and Lisa Johnston to talk about that fascinating story about the radioactive waste from the Manhattan Project. But first, we're going to hear from Dave Baranowski in our continuing series reviewing the precepts of the church. We are continuing to talk about the precept to contribute to the support of the church. And Dave Baranowski, being the director of stewardship for the Archdiocese, will share some of his thoughts. Here's Dave. Tithing. This is the scary word for many Catholics, and this is the word that we don't use much anymore. As a matter of fact, when it is used, it's used incorrectly. Tithing literally means one-tenth or 10%. Many priests, many parishioners, when they say, I tithe, they say, I tithe 2%, 3%. Tithe means 10%. In the Archdiocese of uh, St. Louis, we recommend that you give 5% of your gross income to your local parish, and then 5% to other church needs and greater church needs, which includes the annual Catholic appeal and second collections and all those other things, other opportunities that we're asked to give to. Many people are not in a position to start out tithing. However, over time, we can add a percent 
are a half a percent over the, over the years to eventually reach the 10% tithe. And for many people, tithing is actually the starting point and it's not the end point. So when you're considering tithing, look at maybe going beyond the 10% because back in the Old Testament days, people actually started at 10% and went above there. For more information on tithing and for a list of frequently asked questions, visit the Archdiocesan website at archstl.org backslash stewardship and look up tithing. Well, this might be one of our longer segments with the Catholic Gateway podcast, but I think it's it's worth it. Uh, and actually, this whole episode might be a little long. I apologize for that. But um, we have in the Catholic Gateway podcast studio Jennifer Brinker with the Saint, with the St. Louis Review and Lisa Johnston. Uh, this uh, we're going to talk about the story in the paper dated May seventh through thirteenth, two thousand and eighteen, and the headline is "Chain Reaction: How Faith Plays a Role as a Spotlight Shines on Efforts to Clean Up." Manhattan Project-era radioactive waste in St. Louis. So, Jennifer and Lisa, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us, Gabe. We appreciate it. Now, uh, just a note for all you listeners, Jennifer and Lisa are going to share a microphone, so if there's a little um, bumping or one of them doesn't sound... uh, We're shoving (laughs) each other out of the way to get to the microphone. The limitations of a uh, (laughs) diocesan-funded podcast studio. So, (laughs) (laughs) So there we are. But so let's let's jump into the story. I mean, this is... um, a culmination of a long process for both of you, and and uh, this interest in this story goes back a while. Um, so, yeah, briefly tell tell us about the story. What what's in this article? Without giving everything away, but why should people pick this up and read it? Oh, good question. So, well, this story idea had been brewing for us, you know, for in our office for a while. Yeah, and so, you know, I think given the the heightened um, interest in the topic uh, is related to a uh, documentary that came out a couple of months ago on HBO, Atomic Homefront. Um, you know, the, the attention had risen again on, on this issue, and so we thought maybe, maybe this is a, a time that we could bring that voice of faith into the picture. Um, and so there are a number of folks that we talked to for this story, but, um, you know, the big, the underlying thing, I think, is that we wanted to look at it of, of how do people lean on their faith, um, rely on God, um, look to him um, as they're kind of dealing with this um, really overwhelming issue. Lisa, you have some, uh, some very poignant photographs here um, and, and very interesting photographs in this story. Can you talk about I don't know, the process of getting some of those photos? Because you can't get underground and photograph what's going on underground. <laughs> right. So how do you photograph this story? Right. So um, when, you, when you see the paper, you'll understand wh- wh- what we're talking about here w- w- um, with the chain reaction. It's, it's, it has to do with um, the Manhattan Project. Uh, I mean, the cover of the story is illustrated with um, a bo- the bomb that was dropped on Nagasaki and taken by the pilot as he flew. Um, it's a famous photograph, a lot, a lot of people will recognize it. Um, but how do, you, how do you tell the story of radioactivity and radioactive waste um, that is the leftover spoils of that project that is, is buried here out in, in Bridgeton, right outside of uh, the city limits? Um, and I thought the, the best way maybe to approach this was um, to do it in portraiture. And not just, you know, 
here, smile at the camera portraiture. I'm, I'm talking about trying to, you know, r really let the emotion uh, run through and 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 have have the viewer kind of really look and see the inside of the people and the outside of the people. So, um, you know, we photographed um, the Franciscan sisters who have been, I don't know, how many years have they been out on the Rock Road, Jennifer, with their signs? I think since 2013. Yeah. yeah it's um, been several years. And, and I have them, uh, we, we, they took us for a little, their private tour of the landfill site and uh, I, I photographed them there. Um, and then we also have uh, pictures of Mary Beth Chick. Uh, Mary Beth is uh, a formal, former principal at um, Holy Spirit School up in Maryland Heights. Um, and she's a homeowner in the Spanish Village. Um, when we went to her home, it was like walking into a warm oven of fresh baking bread. I mean, it was, she, <laughs> she's just like such a wonderful person. And her home was like so Catholic and it was filled with photographs. And um, we sat there and talked to her about this, you know, kind of painful subject. It, it's like the history of her life as a mother raising a family, you know, next to this pile of waste. Um, and so seeing her at, at her dining room table um, you know, and Mary's kind of over there in the, in the corner. It's a really poignant kind of moment. We photographed her with, in, in there, and also um, with the backdrop of, of all her family photographs. Um, and then you there's know, one was, more. Yeah, I was yeah, fascinated there's by one this one. More. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gabe. So, in the story, you're going to meet uh, Karen Nickel and Don Chapman. And they are the founders of Just Moms STL. All right, I'll let Jennifer tell you more about who, who they are, but um, let's just say they're kind of the the Just Moms. They're Just Moms um, that are going up against uh, the EPA and the landfill and, and trying to get things done right. Um, so th it's kind of like them versus Westlake, okay? And 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 the and the company. This is a David versus Goliath kind of it's a thing. David, I mean, right? Yeah, that's how that's how we talked about it. And so it's them against Republic Services. Um, so when we when we went up uh, to the to the house to interview them that day and to do the portrait, they were finishing up talking around the kitchen table. And I said, okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go outside now and quick set up my lights. You know, get things rolling. And I. I get out, I'm setting up my tripod, my little light stands, and I hear something, and so I turn my head, and I look down the street, and well, what do you know, it's trash day, and here comes the Republic uh, trash truck, and I run back into the house, and I'm kind of huffing and puffing, and I say, um, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm not, um, I don't wish to seem opportunistic, but, um, you know, the truck's coming down the street. Could you come outside now, Emma? Let's do this photo. Um, so I think that was kind of like a little God moment. Um, right. <laughs> he was setting that up. He for puts us. things puts things into place, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but um, anyway, there there's there's other portraits, but those are the, yeah. You know, well, that's the way we yeah, decide to do it. It's and, and and it really speaks to sort of I think you mentioned the, the emotional uh, impact of this. Uh, there's the emotional and physical impacts, but there's also the moral 
impact, the, the dilemmas that people encounter when they're, when they're considering this. Yeah. Talk about some of the things you encountered in doing the yeah, story. Right. So with Mary Beth Chick, you know, in talking to her, she and her husband had bought their house in the Spanish Village subdivision. Um, it was the year, I believe, it was the year after um, the waste had been dumped there. So they purchased their home in 1974 and the waste had been dumped there the year prior. And they didn't know this, you know. And, and at the time, this subdivision, it was really surrounded by woods. I mean, now there's a lot of industrial and other commercial, you know, entities that kind of surround this, this subdivision. But at the time, it was, you know, pretty sparse. And the kids would go and play in the woods and, you know, their imaginations would come to life as they were, you know, going through the woods and getting down by the water and, you know, and, and playing and everything. And, and here was this thing kind of lurking in the background, um, you know, that they didn't know about. They had no idea. And so now, you know, 44 years later, you know, they have this home where they raise their six children. And, um, you know, something I think that that they, it was, you know, an upbringing that certainly was as a good upbringing with the kids and it was an ideal place to live and you know both of them worked nearby and it just it was an ideal place to be and now looking at this it's on one hand you know I I don't believe that the chicks want to leave but they said you know if if a buyout were to happen which you know right now there's nothing solid on the table in regards to that um, you know that would be a consideration um, because you know she said I couldn't sell this home if I wanted to. And that's the thing, you know, I, I was talking to somebody about that not long ago and, and they said, well, why don't, why don't you just get up and move and sell your home? Well, it's not that easy. And I think, you know, for somebody of, of, a, of a faith and moral background or upbringing, um, you know, maybe you could sell it. You wouldn't have to disclose it. At least that's my understanding. You know, you don't have to disclose that information. So legally... When you're yeah. selling them, you don't have to disclose Correct. if it's near. That's my understanding. Yeah. Uh, and so, but, you know, from a moral obligation, you know, Mary Beth said, I couldn't sell this to another family, especially a family with young children. I, it, I just, it, it's not in me to, to do something like that. So, um, you know, she prays for her family and the well-being of, of her children and now grandchildren. She's got a whole whole group of grandchildren now that they come and visit and, and so they just, um, they really hope for the best. Um, so, wow. yeah. So this is, this is such a, it's such a complicated, multifaceted issue. There's the, like you said, the moral dilemmas, the physical dilemmas, all this stuff that plays into to how people are responding to it. But in covering it, you're coming at it and looking at it and trying to assess what to write about and what angle to look at. But what struck you the most in doing your reporting about about the story and about the people you talk to wow well i think there's there's two things that come to mind one obviously is, is the faith dimension of this um you know and for those who have a deeply held um faith life you know belief in god um that they really turn to this, whether that be Mary Beth Chick individually talking about how her parish community at Holy Spirit, um, she's found support in there and, you know, how they pray for one another, you know, and, and others who have been affected by this. 
um, as well as the sisters, you know, and their, their care for creation that's part of their charism. Um, and, and they feel a real strong, strong calling to this. So in a sense, it, it kind of made me, in a way, it, it, it really kind of filled my heart to see how these folks looked at their faith and, and used that as, as kind of the guiding light through this really complex issue. It, well, and it launched them into action, too, right? Anyway. Correct, yeah, and, and into ac- in their own ways. You know, I mean, Mary Beth is not, you know, she's not the person that's going to be standing out there, you know, with signs demonstrating in front of Republic services like the sisters are called to do. But in her own ways, in her own faith community, you know, she, she finds this role of maybe being um, a beacon of hope for others, you know, just as others in, in her community hope to do as well. So... The other thing that really struck me, um, having been raised in <laughs> North County um, and watching Atomic Homefront, the documentary, and meeting folks along the way as we were doing this story, um, it kind of evoked a, s- a little bit of a sense of pride in seeing the grit and resiliency um, of those who are really engaged in this issue. Um, and how they won't take no for an answer and how they are willing to stand up and kind of push back and say, no, this is our community and it needs to be cleaned up and done correct. Um, and so just seeing the people along the way in our reporting as well as, as, as elsewhere, you know, other media have reported on, on this issue, um, just it really gave me a sense of hope and how people are really pushing back on, on what's going on here. Yeah. That really had to be, be a source of pride for you, especially being from North County and seeing mm-hmm. seeing that. Lisa, I want to talk real quick then about the online presentation of this, because this story was so important to you and Jennifer that you really wanted to make a splash with it and make it online a, a really a, a, remem- a memorable um, look and feel. So well, yeah, I, well, I wanted uh, you to have the experience. Um, kind of the experience that Jennifer and I had in going th- in going through and searching and reporting um, on this story. Um, you know, even in the newspaper itself, we were able to uh, make it expand the section to make it eight pages in- instead of the regular four. But um, online, we could do a little bit more. Um, and I, I think, um, you know, as... Um, as journalism goes forward, we have to be able to, um, I don't know, catch attention a little bit more of, of people's. Um, there's, a, there's a lot going on and so much content out there. You have yeah, to. Yeah, you have to kind of stand. People's stand attention above. spans are yeah. not. Yeah. 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 So um, in, in order to catch attention, I think we have to be quite mindful of the presentation. And I'm always about the whole package anyway. Um, it's not just the words, words on their own don't stand, it's not just a picture pictures don't stay not just the design it's all those things together um so yeah if uh, i'll just encourage anyone (laughs) who wants to get the full the full blow so to speak of this is to get get online get onto the review and uh and and see the story definitely so check out the the paper if you want that's may 7th through 13th uh, 2018 that's that's the edition there and then at stlouisreview.com you can see the the online story and and really experience it it is um uh, it's worth getting online and and reading that and you'll get many more details than we presented here 
we sort of jumped around a little bit. You'll get. We sure did. No, well, that's yeah. because you know we got to leave something to the imagination. Exactly right. We can't give away all no. the whole story. Ooh, so you do it. need to go read the story and get all the info and and the terms. Jennifer, I was amazed. You you needed like a degree in science, I'm sure, just to figure out what people are talking about as you wrote this because some of the the terms for you know the the things that are going on which, curies yes and, i wasn't yeah. even going to try to attempt to <laughs> not to the, mention all the acronyms that oh yeah, yeah. foos rap and hiss and slap sites yeah. and yeah it's it's a lot to take in and really i mean i felt like we just hit the tip of the iceberg on this right. i mean there's just so much more that could be written oh, about yeah. this about this topic but um, we at least tried to provide a synopsis, but really focus in on that faith angle, you know, in the journey. Which nobody else is going to do, you know, because the, uh, the other media in St. Louis has covered this. And like you said, there was right. an HBO series, but like... Yeah, there's been several documentaries on this yeah. issue. So, yeah, I mean, for us, you know, we thought, well, we're coming into this where it's been extensively reported on, you know, how how do we present a different angle to this? And so that's that's our role. It's our job. <laughs> well, we've taken, I'm sure, a, a lot of time out of your day to covering other stories. And I know the listeners here, um, we, we need to let them go so they can go read the story. So <laughs> yes. Sorry we took but, your yeah, time. <laughs> we're, we're sorry for that. This is one of the longer segments, but it's, a, it's worthwhile. So uh, Jennifer and Lisa, thank you so much for uh, doing the story. And thank then you. coming by and talking about it a little bit. So. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Catholic Gateway Podcast. We always welcome story tips and ideas for the podcast. Just send them to communications at archstl.org. That's communications at archstl.org. Make sure to connect with us on social media to stay up to date with what's going on here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Archdiocese of St. Louis. We're on Twitter at ArchSTL is our handle there, at ArchSTL. And we're on Instagram, at CatholicSTL. And you should follow the St. Louis Review. They're on Facebook, also Twitter and Instagram, under the handle, at St. Louis Review. That's St. Louis Review. The Catholic Gateway Podcast is a production of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. I'm your host, Gabe Jones. We hope you'll join us again next time here in the Gateway to the West the Rome of the West, Catholic St. Louis.